1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 6 through 10 tell us that the lives and the consequences endured by the Israelites when they were in the wilderness are to awaken us to what is reality because the outcome they suffered can be suffered by us as well if we follow in their path. So two things need to be said about our little situation in churches today. We live in a time where experience and religious observance are what people base their salvation on. I go to church. I've been baptized. But what the Bible holds up as evidence of salvation is fruit of life. So hear this clearly. I want to speak to you this way because I love you. If your appeal for being right with God is because you observe religious practices or because you've been baptized or because you had a tingly feeling once or twice during a worship service, but there is no ongoing work of the Spirit in your life producing the lasting fruit of repentance and patience and other characteristics of Christ, then there's two things that could be at play. And I want to talk to you about the first one today. The first thing that could be at play is simply this, that you are not saved at all. You have not been made new by the Holy Spirit. You have not trusted in the work of Christ on your behalf. And right now, you are a condemned sinner under the wrath of God. By the word of God, you are spiritually dead. You are opposed to God, lawless. You are your own God, and there is a chasm of sin that separates God from you. And God is not asking that you try to close that gap. You can't do that. But God has closed the gap. God sent and gave His Son a mission to leave the glories of heaven and come to the earth. And that's exactly what He did. Jesus gave up His visible prestige and honor and put His glorious feet in our dirt. He lived a perfect life, never once transgressing the law or the will of God in thought or deed. You, on the other hand, have never had one millisecond without being a transgressor. And Jesus Christ, in all of His perfection, under the foreordained plan of God, went to a cross to be crucified for sin. He had your guilt applied to Him. And it wasn't just the Jewish religious leaders that had Him executed. It wasn't just the Roman authorities that carried out the orders. It was the holy and righteous God Himself who crushed His Son as punishment for sin so that you could be freed from the guilt of your sin and be justified by faith in the work of the Son. And now God commands everyone everywhere to turn from their sinfulness and have Jesus as your King. So listen to what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you need to make Jesus Lord of your life. God has already made Him Lord over all things. What I am saying is that you must repent of your sinful thinking and ways and turn to Jesus in faith that His death covers your sin and His resurrection brings you new life. But if you reject this truth, it's not that you just move on from that. There's a warning involved here. God's righteous wrath hangs over your head at this very moment and it is held at bay only by the patience of God. But it will soon unleash a fury of righteous, deserved anger upon you for your sin and the rejection of His gift of salvation. So quit playing games. God is holding out salvation in full color to you. He is calling upon you to stir from your slumber and be awakened to the reality of grace being offered to you in Jesus Christ. 
Just because you've had an experience or have observed religious practices does not make you a believer. Just like standing in a garage does not make you a car. If you want to hear the second truth that needs to be communicated from this passage, I want to invite you to come back to us tomorrow. Today, if you are a believer, I want to ask that you would pray for Michael Strong and his family, our missionaries in Minnesota. And to also remember the Hungarian Life Word broadcast that's heard in Hungary. Thank you.